Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. Today, we are fortunate to have a guest that we're going to be talking with, S.T. Rappaport, who is the host of Life Picks Photography. She's a relationships photographer and uh, is going to talk to us a little bit about what she does and different healing modalities involving inner child. So welcome, Esty. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here speaking with you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, so to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, CJEA? I think that that's, sure. um, I'm not sure what those initials stand for, but if you could. Yeah, just- they're weird letters that most people don't heard of, haven't heard of, but what it stands for is Creative Journal Expressive Arts. It's a method developed by Dr. Lucia Capioni, who healed herself from chronic illness with her non-dominant hand. Now, the way it works is everyone knows the right side of the brain is in charge of the left side of the body, and the left side of the brain is in charge of the right side of the body. Now, the left side of the brain is also in charge of all the logic stuff, like math, reading, writing, etc. And the right side of the brain is in charge of all the creative stuff. Our drama, music, and it's in charge of emotions. So when you're writing with your non-dominant hand, you get straight access to your emotions. You get straight access to your subconscious mind, to things that are there, but you can't really get to them because there's so much other noise and logic reasoning that's blocking you from accessing them. You write with your other hand and you could actually go straight there and get to it. Interesting. I've heard about one of the uh, healing things is uh, it's it's like a bimodal therapy where you use your right hand to tap your right leg and your left hand to tap your left leg. And there's like a whole uh, series of things that you do. And I think the, the thinking behind that is it does something to your brain. And, um, and you know, the brain is a central thing that you have to think about when you're th- talking about recovery. It's not just the heart but you also have to do the brain work. And, you know, doctors are very quick to just give you uh, prescription meds to remap your brain and SSRI blockers, things like Trintelix and other prescriptions to like uh, to reconfigure uh, the electric things and all of the chemicals that may be out of balance in the brain. Um, can you talk about maybe how that idea that this is brain work Uh, can be good for healing? Sure. So we, going with the CJA mindset and that along with that path, we, from when we start going to school and we start learning to read and write, we're very much in our left brain. We use one part, not a big part, but only half of our brain much more. The other half, the right side, the creative side is not really so developed. So when you go into your right brain more and do different activities, even just doing art, you know, like painting a picture, all those stuff release all those energies that you have inside you allows you to develop your right side of your brain. So you could use your whole brain to really recover and to get a better understanding of what's happening and be able to figure things out. I see. So, 
a lot of times in therapy, when they have um, talk therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, things like that, they will have you talk about um, art and um, the creative forces of your right brain. Is that correct? The right hemisphericity. Yep. Mm-hmm. The right hemisphericity is the side that is your creative part and that how uh, just immersing yourself in creative endeavors during healing from uh, uh, an abusive relationship, an emotionally abusive relationship, how art can somehow be healing. Um, can Are there different ways that you encourage that with the, the CJEA? Sure. So we use a lot of art with CJA. We use paint. We use collaging. We use clay. Anything literally with the right. We use music and drama and dance and anything to get you into your creative brain will help you open up that side will help you be able to tap into your emotions much more because your emotions are on that side of the brain. So if you're really angry about something, you have a lot of tension from a past relationship. There's a lot of trauma there that you have a very hard time accessing and letting out a really good way to let it out is through the creative brain, through all sorts of arts together with your emotion. Um, I know when this past year that I've been going through my own healing journey, uh, I have a lot of triggers. And unfortunately, a lot of those triggers are tied to artistic things. Um, For example, music. Some of my favorite music like Wilco, Radiohead, um, LCD sound system, things that I really enjoy listening to, I can't uh, because it triggers um, a pretty epic a panic attack. So when you have a person who's who has PTSD, like I do, and they're trying to resolve trauma, uh, and that trauma allows you to have like these triggers, how do how do you get past that to be able to listen to music again, or to be able to dance, or to do things that you connect somehow? Uh, I'm not sure how triggers work, but apparently you hear something or it's something sensory, some sensory thing that you experience just sets you off and you don't even really have time to think about it or to have a memory or to have any rumination or any, there's no ruminating or looping or anything. It's just boom. There it is. It just happens. Yeah, exactly. Like your hand is on fire, you're pulling away. Yeah. So that's why I think it's very, very important. CJA um, has a lot of books. So Chia wrote 23 books and they encourage people to do it by themselves, except for people who have been in abusive situations. It's extremely, extremely important that they do it together with a therapist, with a trained person who will be able to guide them and help them and say, okay, so this music's not good for you. We're not going to do that. This is just going to trigger things. You're not ready for it yet. Hopefully one day you'll get there. But for right now, we don't want to set things off in the right way. So I think that is a very critical point, first of all. Second of all, I do truly believe that if a person has been in abusive situations and has triggers, those heal, those um, things that are triggers are triggers because of something, right? So there are certain musics you can't listen to for specific reasons. If you heal the core, then you'll be able to 
get to be able to heal the music, heal the problems with the music, so that way you could listen to the music again. Absolutely. I think that that is something that I've, uh, you know, all of my work, which we're going to get to next on, on the, um, on my inner child, all of the work that I've done on that has made it easier, uh, to, to face the triggers. For example, um, I'm listening to certain kinds of music. I listen to the, um, I think it's beta waves music, like the, uh, 528 megahertz, uh, vibration, whatever. It's kind of, a um, by, neural uh, beats. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? It's just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like a set plan. Specific yeah. For, yeah. It, it has a certain vibration or energy to it, but it's not technically music. And I can play that. It's very calming. It's like the opposite of triggering a panic attack. Of course, it's no replacement for, Radiohead, but it's it's getting me closer to be able to to do that. So I think it's interesting it's how you have to just problem solve it like that. If if one thing makes you have a, a trigger, then you just back up and go around it, or go under it, or go over it. But you find a way to keep going and keep that movement and momentum because you can't just stop and admit defeat and say, oh well, I just can't can't do this. Um, so I know that you um, have done work uh, focusing on healing using inner child uh, strategies, techniques, work work that focuses on healing that inner child, which is, most people will agree, the source of uh, the problem. Um, so how, how does that look with the CJEA techniques that, that you're addressing inner child work? Yes, that's a really good question. The inner child is the part of us that holds all the emotions, the part of us that wants to be free, that wants to do what it wants to do in life, that wants to enjoy. It's the creative part of us. It's the part of us that it's a really, really big part of us that if it hasn't been healthy, hasn't been raised healthy, it won't be healthy in the adult life. Mm -hmm. um, now, most people didn't have a perfect childhood and have some sort of inner child work to heal through different people on different levels unless you had like an amazing 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 one-of-a-kind raising or you had for some mirac miraculous reason a therapist who was able to help you heal it while you were really young then most people at some point have to heal it um now the way we do it is we use our non-dominant hand to heal the inner child because the inner child is the emotions and when you write with the non-dominant hand then you are accessing the emotions and the thoughts of the inner child so for basics someone who's listening to this now and wants to start seeing what they could do to heal the inner child is what i would suggest them to do is have a conversation with their two hands in their dominant hand they're gonna put one pen and they're gonna write questions they're gonna ask their inner child questions that they want to know they're coming from the parent the adult part of them and asking them whatever they want how do, how are you feeling why do you feel this way what triggered you to feel that way from hearing the music whatever you want to ask your inner child and then you're going to answer the questions with your non 
dominant hand, the hand that you don't usually use to write with. Now, it's going to be a scribble, and you're not really going to be able to read it, and it's going to take you much longer because you don't usually use that hand. But through that, you're creating new neural connections. You're accessing your inner child and emotion, so that way you could give answers that you're looking for. I love that because uh, so many times when you're doing work with the inner child, they just ask you to visualize that or to picture uh, the six-year-old version of yourself or the eight-year-old version. And, and I've been told, like, imagine she's sitting next to you here on the sofa. What do you want to say to her? And you have to kind of learn how to do that talk. And they usually start out with saying, be very kind, be very delicate, say, sweetheart, sweetheart, it's okay. You don't have to be afraid. I'm here for you, and I'm not going to let anyone hurt you. And to talk to your inner child like that, to reassure them that whatever fears and trauma they have experienced, it's okay, that that they don't have to hold on to those negative feelings. For me, I get really impatient and I want to say, hey, you, you need to cut this crap out. <laughs> you know, that is quite yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. You, know, so you still because- have to be really kind to your inner child, but you could ask a question straight. Literally, the first thing you could do is you could, with your dominant hand, ask your inner child what triggered you with listening to that music and you could get your answer. I am going to say, but disclaimer, your body will not give you answers that you're not ready for. So if you do this and feel like you're not getting anywhere, you're not getting any answers, you're like, okay, that's it. I'm not doing this. Well, your body is not going to trust the system right away. Your inner child's broken. It needs to be healed. So it's going to take time. It's going to take a process. And every time you do it and you have a conversation with your inner child, you're going to get more answers and you're going to learn more about yourself and you'll be able to take it more and more and more. We know healing doesn't happen overnight. That's really, really awesome that we have something concrete to add to the whole dialoguing thing. So, so let me ask you this. So a person, if a person wanted to try this today, they would get a piece of paper or a journal or something, and they would write a question with the right hand that would be a question like, can you tell, tell me why, what you're afraid of? What is your worst fear? What is making you feel scared? Would you write that out with the right hand? And I know you said you're going to answer it with the left but do you say, do you verbalize this? Do you read out your question and speak it to your, um, to your inner child and say, uh, sweetheart, I want to talk to you for a minute. What is it that is your worst fear? What is scaring you more than anything? And do you say that in addition to writing it or, uh, so what does that look like? I'll tell you what you might what helps a lot is first by drawing a picture of the situation like let's say you were just listening to music and you got triggered with your non-dominant hand and i'm specifically using the word non-dominant because although most people are righties there are some lefties out there and their non-dominant hand is the right hand so with your non-dominant hand you're gonna draw a sketch figure literally like just like stick figures of the situation that you were in 
that way you have something to look at back and saying, okay, you're talking to your inner child that was in that situation. And then no, you don't have to verbalize it. If you feel like you want to, then you could, but your journal is private. It's for you. And you don't want to share with anyone who's going to make fun of you. You want to share only with people. You don't have to share it, but if you feel like sharing it only with people who are really supportive and understanding of you, and then you're going to, yes, you're going to write questions. You're going to ask questions. You might not want to start with such a hard question first. You might just want to say like, I'm sorry, first start by apologizing to your inner child that you haven't always been there for them you want to build trust with the inner child because your inner child's broken and it doesn't trust you yet like why should like all of a sudden today trust you and give you an answer so you're going to want to go slowly by telling your inner child you apologize for it what could you do for it today to help you and then you could go and ask it so before you got really upset and you got into a panic panic attack from listening to that music what could i do why did that happen Okay. Like what, what, uh, ask, can you ask it? Like, uh, what are you feeling? What does it make you feel? And, mm-hmm. and why sure. do you think you're feeling that? It's a really good question because the inner child is full of emotion. So that's a really, really good question to ask. Yeah. So try to name what the feeling is and don't just say, why are you afraid? But say, this is the situation. What were you feeling here? What did that make you feel? Yes, and then address exactly. that. So that's a, a a good point to remember. Now, is this something you need to do by yourself in a quiet setting, in an uninterrupted, or is is this something that you could do like in a support group, like everybody get out paper and everybody do it together? Uh, yeah, so there are many workshops um, that people who are trained in this, they do all the time. I do them sometimes. Other people do them. Um, and they have like ongoing basis and they do these workshops together. Um, so that could be very helpful for people who want support groups, but sometimes people like better like doing it either with just a therapist or just themselves, because it could get very, very emotional, especially when you're dealing with inner child and you're trying to help it. You many times start crying and it's hard. So not everybody's so comfortable doing that in a support group. Are there therapists or mental health professionals that make this their main thing. Like um, there's um, one that's very popular. E D uh, E the one that does the eye movements, EDMR, EDMR, yeah. EDMR. Um, and there's people who just make that their main focus. Like the, right. you, I'm the therapist you would come to for EDMR. Um, are there people that are just specialized in this that you could, try to look up and find them to guide you through this in therapy? A hundred percent. There's a whole bunch of therapists. I'm a coach. I'm not a therapist. So I don't usually deal so much with people on such extreme cases. I deal more lighter cases or everyday people. Um, but a thousand percent, I could give you the link to luciac.com where they have the list of all the trained professionals who are there that could help anyone who wants to get more help with it. And okay. most of them work remotely. You could do it over Zoom. You could check out the books, Dr. Lucia Capicione's books, like Recovery of Your Inner Child. Um, and you could start there and doing it by yourself at home if you want. So. That's awesome. I, I think that um, sometimes for people just getting started, um, if they're already in therapy, 
bringing this up with the therapist that that's something that they're that they're wanting to work on could be something that you could do together here again i think you know i i keep mentioning this if you don't have a mental health professional who is trained in the things that they need to be trained in to specifically help you with your healing journey, recovery back to wholeness after something traumatic happens to you, then, then just conventional regular uh, therapy that's generic is not going to be of any use to you. It's a waste of your what is it? Roughly one hundred and thirty dollars per visit these days. One hundred thirty dollars, but yes, it starts one hundred seventy-five. Yeah, one hundred and seventy-five. <laughs> so if you're going to pay that, it shouldn't just be a venting sex session where you go in and just dump all this stuff out. Sure, you feel better, you cry a little bit, you've said what you need to say, but there hasn't been any work, any progress, yeah. or anything What's that's the- actually happened. So it's super important to find that's the support that you need that are trained in the things that help you. And and I also want to add that you don't know what's going to help you until you try it. Uh, I have just had a shotgun approach, just grasping for anything and everything that might give me relief or that might help me to heal. Cause I felt like I was just hemorrhaging and just bleeding out and I needed something to grab onto to help, stop the bleeding. And so I tried everything and some things didn't work. Some things did, but it was too much for me, like acupuncture and Reiki and some of those things. Uh, They'd put the little needles in and I would just burst into tears and cry the whole time and not even know why. And nobody was there to like help me with processing that. Um, so I didn't know what to do with it. And, and I, I felt like it wasn't working for me. Uh, another example is ketamine therapy. Have you heard about that? No. It's like they give you an IV infusion of ketamine, which is, I think it's like a horse tranquilizer. It's some kind of hallucinogenic drug. It's kind of like the one that you go to South America to take and you have this death experience like you would have on MDMA and you come out of it like a new changed person. And there's this whole like uh, theory that you can heal through microdosing and through taking hallucinogens and stuff like that. So my point is, yeah, there's a billion different things out there. And the shotgun approach when you're fresh out the gate might be something to consider because you don't know what's going to work until you try it. And this is something that I'm unfamiliar with, I'm certainly going to do this. I, I'm excited to learn about this and I'm going to research that, check your, um, your resources that you're going to send us a little bit more and try to get moving in this direction to add this to my toolbox. Um, Yes, exactly. I find like if somebody is just like a bit unsure, like they never really heard of the inner child or they're just starting recovery and they're not sure what to do a really easy thing just to help people start doing is whenever you feel a lot of emotion um you don't want to lock it up but you want to let it out in a healthy way is take crayons big fat crayons you know like from a little kid or if you don't have any markers or pens will work and just scribble it out with your non-dominant hand you might need a whole bunch of paper for that but just scribble it scribble it out and all the emotion will let out so it will be able to release instead of staying up instead of being bottled up so if you're like unsure start with that that sounds awesome so um 
as far as what you do, can you talk to us a little bit about your particular uh, services that you offer to help people with this? Sure. So I specialize in relationships when people have a problem with relationships or just want to take make their relationship better. I do also work with clients one-on-one because I do believe very strongly that if one person changes, if or when a person changes themselves, they grow, they become a better person, obviously also changes their own relationship. So I do... Um, relationship photography is in taking pictures for couples to help them get into their ultimate state picture on their wall um like a vision board and then journaling about it with this method or not even just that doing just recovery of the inner child or uh, any other thing that i think is necessary for them we go through this and i give them the skills i help them i don't give them the skills i help them develop the skills so that way they could do it themselves because you want to go to therapist, you want to get help, but you don't want to be in there forever. So I do my best to help people get the skills that after like eight, 12 sessions, they're out and they have things to do it by themselves. So you're saying that um, uh, this kind of can accelerate your awareness of issues that you carry with you. Um, and so that you have results faster healing and, and uh, more awareness faster then typically, you know, therapy goes on for years. I don't, sometimes yeah, I don't yes. think there's any end to it. They'll keep you there forever. You know, you could be in therapy for talk 10 or 20 talk years. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, unless you take control and set some very goal-oriented task of things you want to specifically achieve, and that itself requires some awareness of what's going on with you. Some people, when they're getting started, they don't have any idea what it is that they need to work on. They haven't even identified the core problems that, that need uh, intervention. And so that's part of, uh, I think, what mental health professionals can, can provide is like guiding you to an awareness of what is the root of the problem. And then once you figure that out, uh, using tools like this, I, I do see the benefit in actually using things like this to really um, push things forward so that you can have some kind of resolution and relief um, without just spending years in some, uh, you know, you're just. Yeah, it's literally just a Band-Aid. It doesn't get anywhere. Here we want to get to the core. We want to solve the real problems. We want to help you live a better life and not just be in therapy forever. That's wonderful. Wonderful thought. Well, uh, I appreciate your time today. Do you want to tell us how we can uh, reach out to you if we would like to uh, get some one-on-one time with you and that kind of thing? Sure. You could go to lifepicksrelationships.as.me. I'll send you that link. Also, you can put that there for people to find. And you could get your free mini session where I help people just start doing it so you can start doing it right away and see what it's like. Awesome. That sounds great. Uh, Well, we appreciate you coming on today and talking with us. I want to uh, provide listeners with all the things um, that I can to help them on this journey. I think most of my listeners are, are trying to get their lives back and trying to be healthy and whole and happy and have hope that there's going to be joy in their future and uh, making friends and loving that little little part of you that lives inside there that could be suffering 
uh, is, I think, one of the most important things that you can do to have the life that you want to have. So uh, I just really appreciate you uh, coming on and talking to us today about this. And uh, maybe we'll have some people reach out to you and get started on their healing and on their discovery. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Okay. Um, Thank you. And we'll uh, be reaching out again soon and checking back in with new resources and uh, posting those when they come up. Thanks. Bye-bye. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com.